0: Welcome aboard the battleship pretension, I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax, and thank you for listening, David.
1: Yes, how are you? Uh, I'm I mean, the, the, the real answer is I'm doing, uh, doing well, uh, happy to be, um. Uh, grateful to be healthy and and safe especially as cases of covid are skyrocketing in uh, southern california it's uh it's it's insane um we actually ordered groceries this week we usually do it do a weekly grocery run but we found out that nine employees of the trader joe's in north hollywood uh tested positive for covid um so now we're i think at this point it's been a week since we've been there so i would it's likely that we didn't catch it last week we were there but that's that's still seems possible and we're uh staying safe just in case uh so yeah this is a very difficult time but i'm very grateful to uh live with a wife that i love my best friend um and that we had a good uh holidays uh, I got my, my, my uh, speaking of my great wife, among my Christmas presents this year, my first ever uh, uh, UHD Blu-rays, because earlier in oh, this yes. pandemic, we upgraded the TV and Blu-ray player uh, to UHD uh, capability. Um, so now I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Casino. Um, oh. uh, I feel like that third one was more uh, her pick. I think she was like, I sure. want to see this like old timey Vegas stuff in 4k, you know, HDR.
0: I, yeah, I, uh, I got a, a few movies this year. I got, uh, speaking of Scorsese and De Niro and, uh, Pesci, I got the criterion, uh, Irishman. And then I also got the director's cut of little shop of horrors. And oh, I've never seen it the director's cut or With the bummer
1: ending. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, yeah. They're I really drawn out. Um, as a kid, I watched that movie all the time. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've never seen the, the original ending. Uh, and then let's see, I got, uh, the elephant
0: man, the criterion elephant man. Cool. I got the blu-ray reversal of fortune and uh oh and then i got the criterion uh symbiopsychotaxoplasm, um which i love i saw it back uh at ucla and really adore it and you know i got it from jen's parents so the the question they ask is oh what's that about and her mom is very movie positive her dad is not opposed to movies he just doesn't really watch that many and so i'm like oh boy uh what is that about? I was like, hey, it's, you know, it's really complicated because we're all on zoom with her aunt and her grandma and all that. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, all right, well, it's a documentary about a bunch of like college students who are trying to make a movie, and then they decide they're going to make a different movie, and eventually they realize the movie that they're making is about the movie they're making. <laughs> and, and you just—her uh, mom found it very interesting, and Jen uh-huh. found it very interesting, but everybody else—you could just tell—they're like, what, what, "What are you doing here, man?" <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, yeah. I remember.
1: Uh, I remember. This goes way back. I was reading the Entertainment Weekly like fall movie preview, and this would have been like 2000 or 2001. Yeah and there was a description of uh mike figures time code uh, oh that i hadn't seen yet i remember like i was reading it i was with my family and i said my grandma was there i said it to my mom i was like oh mom, i just read about this really fascinating movie they shot four you know uh uh four continuous shots all four of them are on screen at the same time and the sound directs you which one to look at and my grandma goes who would watch that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) I haven't seen, I I saw time code, like I think like twice, three times in the theater. Maybe I was just so uh, fascinated by it. And it's such a, it's, I mean, certainly it's an experiment. I think a successful one. Um, But, uh, but I also think it's an interesting story with some amusing moments and all of that. So, and I haven't seen it in a while. I'm not sure if I would, I think it's possible that I might view it more as just an experiment at this point than I did at the time.
1: Well, this is a, that's a bit of a teaser because we'll be talking about a Mike Figgis movie a little bit later on. We will. But first I want to tell you about the thing that I, so the, the thing I actually wanted to talk about at the top of the show. Okay. Um, is uh uh have you heard about the controversy about the golden globes in the film minari
0: i just recently i, I mean i know it's a recent thing but, uh, yeah, just, yeah, but today, ago, I think. just today just I, today i noticed it and it's just the golden globes right that uh yeah yeah
1: yeah the, the the because the oscars have their own you know when it comes to foreign films they're some yeah you know submitted by the country officially you know so it's a yeah. different way of of doing it but the golden globes are saying minari uh, and also, I guess the Oscars, something can compete for, compete for foreign film and for best picture. I guess the Golden Globes best picture is reserved for oh. American films it's, or yeah. American films by their definition, because because more than 50 percent, I think, of the dialogue in Minari is in Korean. Okay it does not qualify for best picture and can only be considered a foreign film. Yeah. And um, now I do think that they, don't
0: the golden Globes don't they specify foreign language film? Cause I think Apocalypto something that's like is an American funded film, uh, I think was nominated or I I think something else, but something like that.
1: Well, I think, um, I mean, you and I had a similar conversation, I think just last year about the farewell that I think, the term foreign language film is maybe something they need. We need to to take another look at because sure. uh, according to the article I read in the Washington post today, when I looked this up roughly 20% of households in America don't speak English as their first language. And so that's a significant percentage of Americans. You know, we don't have an official national language in, 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 in this country. So uh, a significant percentage of americans don't speak english at home Mm -hmm. how are you going to make movies about people who are americans you know and and say that that's not american because it's not english it seems like you're shutting out a type of american storytelling especially minari is an american production an -hmm. american director shot entirely in america um by all counts, Minari qualifies as an American film. It's just that a significant por- portion of the movie is in Korean.
0: I wonder if uh, a movie that is now twenty years old, uh, almost twenty-one. Uh, I wonder, Traffic. I mean, Traffic. A good portion of that movie, almost everything in regards to Benicio del Toro's character, is in Spanish. Yeah, that's. And a yet, good I one. don't think. Yet, I don't think that stopped the the Golden Globes from nominating it.
1: Yeah and I, well, I the other uh the the example I've seen um uh mentioned on Twitter is Inglorious bastards it's a huge sure, portion of Inglorious sure. bastards and is in French and German um and some fake Italian um, yeah, <laughs> when, right, yeah. when, when Christoph Waltz is speaking Italian he's not actually he's it's nonsense um uh but um um but yeah yeah I'm pretty sure based on, I, I didn't research this, but I think based on what I saw on Twitter and Glorious Bastards was nominated for Best Picture at yeah. the Golden Globes that year um, for Best Drama, I guess, because they have the two categories. Um, so it seems like it's it's stuck in an old-fashioned way of what we think, an outdated way of, uh, way of thinking about what America is. You know, the, the more you have... People speaking languages other than English, Americans speaking languages other than English, yeah. the more reason there will be to make American movies that are not predominantly in English. And we can't. Uh, it's you're you're fighting a losing. word. it's sort of like how I said about um, the whole Steven Spielberg wanted to make the rules harder for qualifications for the Oscars. This is pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, and my argument is that's not going to preserve what movies are. That's going to make the Oscars less relevant. And I feel like yeah. if organizations like this don't change with the yeah. times, they're just going to be keeping out movies that they should be considering as best picture.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I feel like the Golden Globes, uh, from a relevant standpoint, are hanging by a thread anyway. <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah. It's although you know what I mean. Well, I, I do know I people. I guarantee, th-
1: if there were a bigger star in Minari than Steven Young or Will Patton, they would find a way to nominate her for best picture because that's, that's what the you Golden know what? Globes like is big stars.
0: that's definitely for sure. Uh, yeah, and that could be it. I mean, you know, what, we, what did we just talk about? We talked about, you know, traffic, which features among others, like Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. We talked about is Basterds, Brad Pitt, you know, whereas this, it's like, yeah, it's, not not big stars um the kind of movie that could yeah. make someone a big star at least with with movies cuz Stephen yoon is already well known for tv yeah but, i would say within uh, certain yeah.
1: corners of the internet Stephen yoon is a huge star but i sure. but that's uh, uh yeah i never
0: and i never saw burning i know that he's yeah. apparently very good in burning but uh
1: yeah yeah um but here he's the here he's a good guy it's a well, bad it's, guy in burning um, what range?
0: I don't even <laughs> need to be sarcastic, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's yet another situation where, I mean, David, you and I have been at this a, a while, and I'm still a little iffy on who the Golden Globes are, uh, <laughs> on what the Hollywood foreign, interesting word there, foreign yeah. presses, uh, how they vote, who they vote for, how they determine things, how they categorize things, like, it's just... Why anybody talks about them?
1: Uh, well, I know that we make fun of the Golden Globes, and rightfully, but I know that the Hollywood Foreign Press actually uses the, the the money that they earn from the ridiculous award ceremony to fund a lot of, like, restorations and okay. and, and archiving and stuff like that. The, they, I think that the HFPA does a lot of good work for film. The Golden Globes are kind of like a circus that they put on to fund it, I think. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, admittedly, like, from an award standpoint it is seen as sort of like the not necessarily hip but like the 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 more edgy kind of awards where oh the host could say anything and hey uh you know people are are drinking at their tables and that sort of thing so i i think that that's from an award standpoint people i think that's the appeal there i do i i do have a, a a fair amount of like a fair number of memories of like the golden globes awards ceremony of like someone being saying something kind of outlandish or whatever it is so um there's that but yeah it's f- as as a predictor as an indicator of quality like just for basically for our purposes you and me and our listeners yeah it's mm-hmm. it's nothing who, who gives a shit
1: yeah that's a that, that's a good that's a good point but um uh yeah i just wanted to bring because i think this, you haven't seen Minari yet, right? No, not yet. I mean, this this story, in terms of like the American dream element of it, you know, like you know, making something of yourself from 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 scratch and and and, and hard work and work ethic and the immigrant story, like it's not just that it takes place in America. Like Minari is a movie about America in in a lot of yeah. in a lot of ways, and it feels uh, uh, just really uh, short-sighted or maybe just like stubbornly dogmatic, I think to, to, to
0: exclude it. Well, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I think of somebody like my friend, uh, Amcy, who has done, uh, music for us uh, in the past he does the music of our, for our, uh, Patreon. And, um, so he's Guatemalan. Um, I think he moved here, his family moved here when he was two. Uh, they're all like American citizens. Uh, but obviously like his parents, uh, it's, it's. I guess it's been thirty years, but like, I'd say English is is AMC's like. First language, it's hard to say. I'd say it's like half and half because when he's with his family, he speaks Spanish, um, and when he's with his friends, he speaks English. And there's no—I'm sure that there's probably an American uh, an American accent when he speaks Spanish, but I don't right. don't I don't notice any accent like when he's speaking English. So maybe that could be considered his first language. But yeah, like if you were to make a movie about him and his life a good maybe 50% of it would be in Spanish. And yet it would be about all American citizens living in an American city. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it really does feel like it just makes you wonder, like, I really want to hear the conversations behind the the decision. Um, But also maybe you don't, (laughs) you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels, and maybe this is me being, giving them the benefit of the doubt to some extent, it feels like there wasn't enough of a conversation that sure. this was just like, a uh, the way the MPAA is like, Oh, you said fuck twice. This movie's rated R. like, sure. without any sense of like context or whatever. Um, you know, you could have something like, as it always, it's always bothered me that movies, uh, like, the dark Knight is a very violent movie, but because mm. it's not bloody, it's a PG 13. And like right. that always, uh, kind of, kind of bothers me. And so I feel like this is, it, it's one of those things is they yeah. just like literally ran the numbers and we're like, uh, oh, this percentage of the movie is in a language other than English. It's, it's foreign. Then. Yeah. And didn't, didn't have a conversation, but uh, what I want to have a conversation about right now is tweaked audio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Mm-hmm. Today I was listening um, to uh, just out of curiosity. So there's a, um, sort of uh, when you listen music. to
0: thing when you listen to things out of curiosity it's sometimes horrifying
1: for me <laughs> sometimes stupefying um so uh hold on i have to look at yes um there's a an artist a, a sort of uh, electronic uh, artist uh who goes by the name arca okay. uh, arca and she did a thing or the where way, or the way your
0: dad would talk about a killer whale Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Good one. Um, um, So she did. She took one of her songs, which I'm. Let me look up because her stuff is like very machine driven. So her songs often have names that are things you can't really pronounce out loud so i think the song is called rakiku or something like that so Mm -hmm. she took that song and she fed it into an ai that created 100 different remixes of it and so i've been listening to i'm on like number 35 or something i've been listening to the same song slightly different over and over (laughs) um like the aristocrats uh yeah yeah um Anyway, uh, it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, they're available in, they're a low low price. They're available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. What I should have said uh when you asked how I was doing is I should've said, you know what, I'm feeling a little run down. I've been hitting it's been the it's been the, the holidays, you know, I've been hitting the, the sauce a little bit. Sure. This is what we we do, especially not I me mean, yesterday was christmas day and as i talked about last week with kyle uh natalie and i drink mimosas while we open our presents um uh, every christmas so i did some of that christmas eve tends to be my our big or like drinking night so we um Made martinis, then we ordered dinner. We would normally go out to dinner on Christmas Eve. Yeah. We ordered dinner and drank a bottle of wine while we were having our dinner, and then we made gin and tonics and uh, popcorn and watched Die Hard as per our tradition. Yeah. So at the end of this, i you know, uh, I'm at least five drinks deep, you know. By the time I wake up on Christmas morning, I'm, you know, feeling it a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, By the time you wake up on Christmas morning, it's the twenty sixth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, uh, and of course, this is all just a trial run. I mean, this year is different, but this is all just a dry run—not literally a dry run, but a, a dry run for New Year's Eve, which is yeah. one of the big drinking holidays of the year, um, alongside obviously St. Patrick's Day. If you're one of those people,
0: um, I am—I am dreading New Year's Eve because, as you know, I live in a neighborhood that enjoys fireworks.
1: I mean, and, yeah, you especially, but I would say most of Los Angeles lives in a neighborhood that enjoys sure. fireworks, but I do think you have a, have it, uh, yeah. especially from your point of view, especially bad. From my point of view, you're lucky. <laughs> no, I actually, we get lots of fireworks in this neighborhood too.
0: I, and people, they, they lit off a few, you know, Christmas Eve. Um, but like when it's new year's Eve and what's more, it's like, oh, it's the end of 2020 people can't take can't stand this year and under you know it's understandably so
1: i'd say um well because everything's going to be peachy keen it's gonna, on yeah, january exactly. 21st 2021 exactly. everything's gonna <laughs> the, um, the sky the clouds are going to clear out of the sky yeah uh, it's yeah.
0: uh god or nature or whatever you want to say is a real stickler for dates <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> but uh yeah no it's i'm because the fireworks on Christmas Eve were kind we're not necessarily far away. They're probably a block away, loud enough, certainly. But like, I think they're gonna be on my street. Mm-hmm. I'm positive they're gonna wake the kids up. Yeah, like, sure. and that's gonna be, when you've got the night shift, as I do, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a problem. And I'm gonna murder everyone on my street. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Or I will that's... take my screaming kid, walk up and say, do you want to do something with this?
1: <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, I am pre- uh, preemptively sorry for you. I, uh, I, I, uh, I mean, I as you know, like I'm bothered by noise anyway.
0: Um, but now it's like, OK, before it was like it was freaking out the cats. I'm not thrilled with that. But now it's like, OK, now. I, you know, the cats, there's only so much I can do to like soothe them. And that kind of have to let them take care of themselves. Whereas, whereas with the kids, it's like, it's my responsibility to try to get them back to sleep, knowing full well that another one could go off in five minutes, you know? So um, anyway, I'm, have, old, f- I'm an old curmudgeon. I get it.
1: We have the most, in some in many, in many ways, the most skittish dog imaginable. Our mm. dog Darla um, is very, very nervous, very shaky. So like when we want, like you're just, lying on the couch watching tv later night, and you know it'll be late at night and you know that the house like creaks the building like creaks a little bit and if there's like a creaking sound she's suddenly up on her feet looking around left yeah. and right and yet fireworks don't bother her and i've realized i think she feels safe in this apartment and as long as the sounds are staying outside yeah she's not bothered by it. it's so weird like so fireworks open going the window on, if to open she the window. still knows it's outside because okay. because on fourth of july we were like nervous like what's she gonna do um and our neighborhood went i'm sure yours is even worse but our neighborhood went fucking crazy on fourth of july oh my it yes. was so loud here um she doesn't care it's outside yet the other night we lost power for a little bit because of a huge fire like a block and a half hmm. from us uh knocked out the power for a little bit when the power comes back on and like Our fridge beeps or like things like that. That scares the shit out of Darla because it's it's coming from inside the house. It's it's such a weird thing. It's the softest little like beep. She's like, what the fuck is going on? She would hate when a stranger calls. uh, (laughs) uh, Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh you're on a roll. All right. Um so uh this is all to say. I was talking about drinking because we are uh in celebration of this time of the year we're going to talk about movies about drunks many of them are going to be depressing movies about drunks i found here's gonna be a couple that'll
0: be fun i'll say that well
1: uh, maybe um you had a different experience than i did in putting together your your list but i kind of realized that movies about fun drunks kind of taper off over the years. Like I feel like oh, maybe sure. as a culture we, we're taking alcoholism more seriously. And so yeah. like one of the first things like Harvey, like Elwood P. Dowd from Harvey, like you don't get that kind of portrait of an alcoholic anymore who's like <laughs> like Just charming the most pleasant and guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's for sure. Um, yeah, my my first thought is, you know, the thin man where Nick and Nora Charles, but Nick especially is just drunk all the time and not only is he very pleasant he's very charming and brilliant uh you know and so and that was kind of the idea of sort of the lovable drunk or the town drunk like it wasn't seen even though it was definitely a problem like it wasn't culturally depicted as a problem at least in the U S until, to my knowledge, the last weekend. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons that the last weekend, won best picture director actor, that sort of thing, because it dealt with an issue that other people weren't really dealing with. And then you would see it again in, um, uh, the best years of our lives where, uh, the Frederick March character, you know, the Frederick March character is clearly, I mean they're all dealing with some kind of trauma or or PTSD um but with him like he's he he's coming home to a pretty well uh, pretty wealthy family and a good job and all that and yet he drinks a lot and his wife um, notices and other people notice and it's a re- it's a really great performance because it's not it's not the kind of thing that would announce itself immediately and I feel like you know, uh, a movie that I know that you aren't a huge fan of the lost weekend because it really plays it. It lays it on thick, which is, it, I would agree. Yeah. yeah it, which I think it does. Um, and over the years, um, I think the, the idea of how, how stealth alcoholism can be, uh, it started to work its way in, into movies. The idea that like someone has a problem, but it's, you know, that they have, that there's something not necessarily wrong, but there's something off and you can't even quite place it. And you're, like, Oh, they might be, they might be drunk all the time. Like that's not a great thing. Um, and I will say by the way, that I have never been drunk in my life. And, uh, my fondness for alcohol is very limited. Um, I've had an occasional glass of wine here and there, um, which I have not minded when we went to Scotland, I did have some whiskey, uh, and didn't necessarily mind that either. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, it's not a thing that I am interested in pursuing, um, for, uh, family reasons. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be speaking purely from the perspective of watching these movies. Like my, my picture of alcoholism granted, I know, I know friends who've, who've dealt with it, uh, in either in their families or in themselves. So there's that, but as far as like a portrait of it, um, I'm not speaking from experience, and so uh, hopefully, I, I think there's there's a very real possibility that I might wind up accidentally saying something that's like really judgmental, um, and I don't mean <laughs> to. I'll, I'll actively try not to, but uh, but yeah, I'm speaking out of ignorance here.
1: Well, I mean, I've I have been drunk before. I would like to think I'm also not familiar with what it means to be an alcoholic. Sure, but maybe that's for other people to to, to judge. I feel like uh, I I've, just sent you a text. <laughs> I feel like I drink a normal amount for where I'm from, St. Louis, Missouri, and (laughs) a considerably larger amount than most of my friends here in Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's that's my experience. Or even Chicago, I feel like those are drinking towns, and I feel like Los Angeles is uh, um, not as... Much of a drinking town, as uh, and part of that is that we like we have an earlier bar, like last call, than other major cities. You know, in St. Louis, it's three, in Chicago, it's four, where Chicago has two licenses. There are bars that close at two, and there are bars that close at four. Um, New York, obviously, is 4 a.m., New Orleans doesn't have a last call. Um, uh, um, but in Los Angeles it's two, which really means like one twenty is like about when bartenders yeah. start to like uh uh call last call. But um yeah, I grew up in Missouri, which is a state that um after Louisiana probably has the most lax drinking laws in the country, and that's a big part of that is because anheuser bush is yeah. almost as old as the state itself and has been a, a big lobbying force uh, uh, uh in the history of, of of missouri so it's there are things that there are things about the laws in missouri that uh, there is no at least on a statewide level there is no open container law in missouri different hmm. municipalities have their own so you can't just like sure. you shouldn't just drive around with a beer in your car because you could very likely be driving through a town where that's not allowed but this as far as the state of missouri is concerned it is not against the law to have an open container in your vehicle uh that's the kind of thing another thing i realized when i moved out here is that when you go like to a public park and have a picnic people here like they either don't drink or they like hide it in plastic cups or whatever um you know where i grew up that was like bringing a cooler full of beer was what the like families just did when you were barbecuing in a park you didn't there's no rule against that uh uh there um so uh this is all to say i have um plenty of experience with um i would say heavy drinking but uh i don't think i don't think i'm an alcoholic (laughs) i I guess you know now i will
0: say that like uh, you know, once I, uh, w- when I was driving for Lyft, I drove, uh, you know, the night shift as, as I call it. And, right. uh, and certainly I got a lot more requests around one or 2.00 AM in Los right, Angeles. Yeah. And, uh, that's usually when it was like the only a handful of people were ever like unpleasant. Um, most of them were extremely pleasant, a little bit too pleasant. Uh, and it's the kind of thing where like, this is a little uncomfortable.
1: Did you ever have anyone try to get in your car with an open container? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because i um, I'd also drove for Lyft for a bit years ago, and that happened, that happened. It only happened to me once, but I would imagine it at that time of night was probably something you had to tell people they couldn't bring. No, yeah. you can't bring that bottle of beer. It yeah, was in a fucking party bus. Yeah, which, yeah, they uh, don't respond super
0: well to. Uh, and then of course it's like, Oh, I'm driving someone from one place. You know, it'll be like a 25 minute drive. And they decide around minute 12, like I've had enough of not having, uh, of not drinking. And so then they will open a container and it's like, well, we're on a freeway now and I can't really pull off or anything. And, and so I'm like, Hey guys, I don't think you're allowed to do that. And there's like, it's fine. We'll be really careful. It's was like, all right, fine. Whatever. It's, you know. <laughs> but it's
1: because, but you would be on the hook. I would get it. Yes, that, exactly. That's, that's the yeah, yeah. people are assholes. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do that to your lifter or Uber driver. Yeah, like, please. Uh, all right. So that's enough jawing about, uh, about drinking. Let's talk about movies about drinking. Yeah. Um, I mentioned, I mentioned Harvey I, I just have an alphabetical list here. I didn't really, I wish I had had
0: thought about Harvey. I completely, despite being in the play uh, in, in high school, I completely forgot about it, but I do remember at the time, uh, like I played Dr. Chumley and I love the part and I love the play. And I remember thinking like, it seems like an odd play to be doing in a high school in like Southern Missouri. Uh, Cause this character is drunk all the time. <laughs> and it's like, this is a, it's an odd, uh, odd choice, but it, it went over very well.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, let's maybe let's, let's start by focusing on older movies that have sort of uh, pleasant drunks or, mm-hmm. or funny drunks like Walter Matthau and the bad news bears. Sure. Um, yeah. So- I remember at one point. It's been a long time since I've seen the bad news Bears but he like cracks open a beer, pours a little of the beer out, and then tops it off with whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> and then <drinks> the beer. <laughs> like now it's ready. Um, yeah, uh, but then he ends up. Uh, uh, but it's, he, but it's not like a, a lot of stories would then be. Oh, he overcomes this problem. He he doesn't. No, he keeps he doesn't. drinking. In fact, at the end the kids are drinking beer with him, which is one of my yeah. favorite uh, details about <laughs> the end of bad news bears. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, and similarly, I would say the movie, uh, Arthur, um, which I've never seen from 1981. Me. I want to say, um, which features, uh, Dudley Moore and sort of the, the, the performance that people most associated with him. Uh, it's a fun, it's a really fun movie. I like it a lot. Uh, but it is one of those things where it seems it's, it is like a return to uh, these, this a different, it's like, it was made 50 years before 30, you know, 40 years before. Uh, No, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 1930s, 1920s. So yeah. uh, Like it was made in the twenties or thirties because like Arthur is just drunk a lot and uh, is incredibly charming and funny and No one seems to... Oh, and also extremely rich on top of everything else. And no one seems to have a problem with it. Uh, I don't like... His arc is not that I need to stop being a drunk, spoiled guy. The arc is the rest of the world needs to change. (laughs) And, you know, I think it's 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 I know that they remade Arthur and I didn't I didn't see it. But um, but I have to imagine brand.
1: Yeah, I I have to imagine the, the,
0: the story is not exactly the same. I feel like people would not have a great deal of patience for the Arthur character, even though, again, you watch it. I mean, it's so easy to watch older movies with like a modern lens and, and see how they're like problematic. Whereas none of those, be- I, 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 and I, tr- you know, the bells don't necessarily go off for me as much as they do for some people, but I'm usually pretty aware of like, Oh boy, this is, <laughs> this is pretty rough, but it's not rough. It's fun. It's tremendously
1: fun. And uh, I think you would enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Well, speaking of uh, uh, Brits who are probably drunks, I kind of put like just James Bond in general. Oh, absolutely. Very heavy drinker. Um, I didn't get into martinis until later in my life. I kind of felt like I had to get to a level of having enough class. Sure. To to order, uh, to convincingly order a martini. I feel like. You think you have arrived there? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I have plenty of class now. Um, (laughs) um, It's almost like, I feel like a bartender will know if I, if I tried to order a martini before I was ready, a bartender would know, would know and would say, I'm sorry, I can't give you a martini. You're not not ready. Um, My wife and I, uh, when we get martinis together, we have noted that our orders are as far apart as two drinks can be and still be considered both martinis because she likes a dirty vodka martini and i like a gin gibson which is uh um they're they're completely they basically have nothing in common except for vermouth Um, and that they're like cold but they're technically still both martinis um how does one
0: okay I do need to be, we do need to be careful. It doesn't just turn into an episode about drinking, but I do have, I wind up having so many questions because it's so okay. far out of my own personal uh, realm of experience. Like, like how do you just, de- I mean, there are so many different types of drinks and different concoctions and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. Like, how do you arrive at like, like, how do you decide what to try? on a given day or or during a given event or whatever it is
1: well i mean sometimes if there's an event there might be a signature cocktail i'm not sure sure. but a lot of times it is it is situation specific like a um a steakhouse usually calls for uh like i'll usually have if we're going out for like a nice dinner yeah. We will have, we will do like the cocktail round first and I'll often have a martini and then have a wine with my steak, Okay, it, you know, um, because it, it, it fits also uh, uh, who knows if I'll ever go to Las Vegas again, feels like, I mean, I could go right now it's open, but, um, yeah. Um, but friend of the show, Frank feel my wrath McGrath. Um, whenever we go to Vegas together, the first, like we check into the hotel and everything. And the first thing we do before we hit, uh, the, the, casino floor or whatever is we go to one of the nicer bars in whatever hotel we're staying at and start with a martini that's it just feels like it's a it's a corny like sort of classic las vegas thing to 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 do um uh so yeah that, those are the situations where i have i'll have uh, a, a martini obviously if it's like If it's an outdoor daytime activity, I usually like a, uh, a logger, a light beer, like is what is, is, is called for. Um, if it's a, um, uh, like a bar at night that has like a, not like a sports pub type bar, but like a, a bar bar, like, a um, almost like club ish. I'll usually have like a, uh, scotch and soda or something, something that I can, um, that I feel like I can sip on and order a few of without it, um, you know, (laughs) still being able to uh, operate my phone at the end of the night and stuff like that. So it's all, it's all situational. Okay. I think.
0: Are there any drinks that you that you've had that you specifically do not care for?
1: Oh, probably. I mean, I'm not really um, big on the, uh, is it anise or anise? Uh, that's mm. the licorice flavor that you get. Um, uh, when we were in uh, the Yucatan, we went to Merida for our, uh, Merida, Mexico for our sort of delayed honeymoon. Um, I loved everything about the Yucatan food wise. I did not like that all of their cocktails, like mm. local cocktails, taste licorice because that's just a, that anise flavor is a common flavor there. I don't like, um, um, uh, absinthe either. I mean, I know like absinthe, it's like, it's like a cool thing to try when you're young because it's like, uh, it's very strong and there are like, you know, rumors that it has hallucinatory properties. It it doesn't, it's just a strong uh, drink, but, um, um, uh, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about a joke from um, BoJack Horseman, which we're not talking about. We're talking about movies. BoJack Horseman is a great uh, show about uh, an alcoholic, and there's a part when he's at the restaurant that he owns, and he's like, um, he's like, uh, give, me, give me a drink, something strong. And she pulls out a bottle of poison, and he's like, not that strong. And she pulls out a bottle of vodka, and he goes, what is this, breakfast? And then she pulls out <laughs> the absinthe, and he's like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank <laughs> you. It reminds me that that reminds me of uh, that wonderful Seinfeld joke where he talks about uh, you know aspirin or whatever, and he talks about like extra strength, uh, and then he talks about maximum strength. Give me the maximum allowable human dosage. He's like, find out what will kill me, and then
1: back it off a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, um, so, okay, so on. The, uh, I'm trying to think of more. I don't have that many fun ones. Um, I don't. I don't really either. I mean, when you think about it, stuff like
0: the hangover which admittedly is all about like these characters who are dealing with the sort of the negative effects but they're still zany effects of being drunk but also i
1: feel like um the hang something like the hangover or animal house like i don't think of like binge drinking as being the same like i feel like alcoholism is something that is sustained i you, you know yes it's not like you know those characters had too much to drink that night but for all we know they they go months at a time without having a drink at all this is like yeah. a an indulgence for them so i don't feel like i consider that alcoholism i tend to be more interested in stories about characters who are who are living with this and how they're yeah. how they're coping especially i mean i i'm fascinated by stories damn it i don't know if you can hear that mm. plane it's can you hear i that? cannot oh there it is i hear it now. Um uh, like uh, I don't, I don't love this movie, um, but it has some great stuff in it. But flight, yeah, uh, I it, do have,
0: a- I do have flight written down. Yes, that's definitely. I mean, admittedly, that's drugs and alcohol, and often the two do go together in movies that's like true. this. Yeah, but um, but I, I incorporated flight because him
1: being an alcoholic, like that's a big part of of the story. I also like this. Is just a, a personal thing because I hate in movies when people sit down at the bar and say give me a beer sure. cuz like that's not how you actually order a beer except what I learned when I went to Berlin you like every bar has like their house beer just lager on tap so you can right. literally just say i want a large beer and, yeah. and you get uh, that beer unless you unless you ask for something else by name they're just going to give you um so uh that actually uh, can happen in Germany i guess but in america you order the brand name of beer yeah. that you that you want, and I don't know uh, if you noticed this when you watched Flight, they don't do the thing of like making up a fake brand, which happens in a lot of movies, which I'm not sure. necessarily uh, opposed to, um, but they also don't stick with one. He never consumes the same brand of al- alcohol uh, twice throughout Flight. It's all mm. it's all name brand that didn't that didn't pay. It's like fair use. Um, uh, it, it's it's all name brands, and he never repeats the same brand. Uh, uh, twice in I did not notice that. Light. I think because because
0: I'm not a, a drinker, I don't really pay close attention to that sort of thing. I mean, I definitely know that like if somebody just orders a beer, my first thought is like, that's like saying uh, this, uh, food, please bring yeah. me food. You know, yeah. Um, so I do notice that. throughout
1: like clerks. I know this movie is forever ago, mm-hmm. but it's a running thing that people are constantly saying pack of cigarettes you know sure. cig- you can't just there are so many brands of cigarettes yeah. you can't just say give me yeah. like even once you ex- once you name a brand you have to like drill down yeah. to which version it's it doesn't seem likely that a smoker would be like surprise me yeah, uh, so. <laughs> yeah they tend to be uh loyal um yeah the but, rest of uh, the
0: rest of the stuff on my list is like flight you know stuff that uh, a characters uh, alcoholism like that is very much what the movie is about with, with a couple of exceptions
1: um, well, Where see, that is to, a big part of it but Yeah, so here's what I have I have two, two things that I put on my list I tried to mostly stick to things where Even if it's not what the movie is about I tried to mostly stick to movies where the main character Is the alcoholic sure. But there are a couple things that I just We don't even have to talk about them I just feel like it would be wrong not to mention Two of I think the most famous movie drunks And that's mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper in Hoosiers sure, And uh, Val Kilmer in Tombstone uh, boy yeah that's for sure uh, neither of them is the main character d- d- those movies don't really fit what we're talking about on this episode but i felt like it yeah. would be incorrect not to mention those performances and i would say that that
0: uh the doc Holliday in tombstone that actually fits in i think to what we've been talking about like his alcoholism is not seen as like a negative it's seen as just part of who he is just as much as him being a former dentist and having tuberculosis and all of that i don't think and, and he can be kind of a abusive but i don't know if the film puts that down to his alcohol use so much as as it is just him being him
1: um i'm not sure though um well a fascinating r- more recent movie that is about a character and her best friend who are both clearly alcoholics mm-hmm. the movie is not shy about that but that's also not really what the movie is about in a story uh, sense is can you ever forgive me Oh yes, that's, that's true. Yes. I would Um, agree with that. That's something you kind
0: of have to piece together on your own. And it's not like it's the last piece of a puzzle
1: that makes everything make sense, but it does contextualize a lot of behavior. That's for sure. And one thing, I guess I'm going to mildly mildly spoil a bit of, can you ever forgive me? But um, as part of her plea or whatever, she has to go to AA Mm -hmm. And she is going to AA when we, when they meet up again at the end, but she's still drinking. She hasn't quit drinking. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I, I found that really interesting. It was a way of the movie saying like, okay, this, this story of her forging these things is over, but that doesn't mean all the problems are over. Like she's still, she's maybe learned a little bit of a lesson, but, uh, I, I really love that movie and I like how, um, how sympathetic, but also not, uh, uh, what's what i'm looking for uh not neat that movie is
0: yeah it's uh i really liked it at the time but it has it really has stayed with me so much of it not just those two characters but just the look of it the the feel of it it just has such a such a quality to it that i really respond to um and including that mournful vibe i feel like most movies about alcoholics whether it's specifically about their alcoholism Mm -hmm. or not is going to have that mournful vibe and this feeling of it's only a matter of time before whatever this person is doing either again it could be a situation where it's very much about their drinking or that's just a part of who they are but whatever it is they are not like something's going to catch up to them and certainly with can you ever forgive me there's a lot that could catch up to her and it and it will and it eventually does and it it's inevitable because of probably as a function of the alcoholism, just a certain degree of recklessness, um, that comes with, with these characters.
1: Well, that's, yeah, there's a, um, uh, it's, it's, it's recklessness, but it's also in some of the best versions of this. Uh, uh, I mean, these tend to be very sad movies, but some of my, My favorite, I guess, again, it feels weird to say favorite because these are very depressing movies generally, but they're movies about people who, it's not just recklessness, there's a sense of resignation that they're Mm. like, I'm not going to beat this addiction in fact i'm going to do the opposite i'm just going to steer steer into it and my life's probably going to be shorter because of that but at least i'll be drunk the whole time um and so that, that uh, three movies that fall into that there's uh maybe the first true movie about a drunk that i ever saw uh when i was like in high school barfly mm-hmm. in which uh mickey rourke plays a character uh based on based on charles Bukowski. um then there's leaving las vegas which is a movie about literally about a guy who decides to quit his job move to las vegas and drink himself to death that is his plan that is his stated plan and there
0: is there is a scene where he basically does what you're talking about where he's talking to this uh woman that he loves and she loves him and the one thing he says is he's like you can never ever ask me to stop drinking and he like he doesn't stop drinking you know even though even even though he could, ha- you know, it could be argued that he now has a reason to stop drinking, which is he has a, a, a love in his life and he can, you know, he, he could grow old with her or whatever it is, but he committed to this. And I think he, pro- there's probably a fair amount of self-hatred in this feeling of, again, it's only a matter of time before I screw this up. So, you know what, I might as well go out before things go bad. And, you know, yeah, that's, that it's, that's probably at this point, like maybe not the number one movie about alcoholism, but it's, it's the movie so much about that, yes. that, uh, that I think it's, it's, uh, you, it's, I think that and the last weekend are like the first two movies on my list because they just, yes. as yeah, far Being as Las uh, Vegas was mind.
1: absolutely the first thing. And that's the Mike Figgis movie we were talking yeah. about, uh, we referenced earlier. And then another one, that's uh, a really great movie. That's a somewhat recent discovery for me. Like within the last year, like within, pandemic times uh, i i saw um on the criterion channel uh, under the volcano in which albert finney right. plays a um have you seen it i forget i have not seen it okay so he plays a uh, a british diplomat living in mexico his his job his term as a uh, there officially has ended he could his wife is like I will come back to you? He's you know his wife is like left him, but she's like I'll come back to you. We could go back to England. We could go. Yeah. You could do whatever you want. And he's basically is just like, nah, I'm just gonna stay in this like a uh, small Mexican city and drink all the tequila until I die. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's uh it's a great performance. It's a very darkly funny movie as sometimes these movies uh, tend to be, but it's also very, like you said, mournful. Um, uh, there's a lot of hopelessness to it. It's a, it's a brilliant movie uh, under the volcano.
0: So, um, I'm trying to, so I'm trying to find like commonalities uh, within this, I guess there's looking at, at my remaining list. Um, most of these movies are, uh, you know, characters realizing that they're alcoholics and dealing w- and, and just sort of dealing with the fact of that. And then some of them are characters who are trying to do something about it. And, um, or it just, yeah, characters that are actively trying to correct behavior uh, or correct, uh, you know, uh, mistakes or whatever it is. So like, um, so I feel like I'll, I'll hold off on those until, um, until the end, but like right now, as far as characters dealing with like their destructive behavior, maybe not even totally realizing what they're doing yet. Um, uh, was it Blake Edwards uh, The Days of Wine and Roses is Which a big one. Seen. It's it's very good. And that one feels it's it was made, you know, I think 15, 20 years later, but it feels sort of of a piece with uh The Lost Weekend, albeit it's it's a little bit less uh melodramatic, but it still has moments of of melodrama to be sure. But uh it's it's sort of the beginning of serious Jack Lemon. Mm. Um and there's still humor and charm to his, to his performance, but, uh, but there's a real tragedy there as well. And it is a situation where there are two characters that are romantically involved and they're alcoholics and one decides to get better and the other does not. And like the, oh. the sadness of that.
1: Well, that reminds me of a movie I think neither of us has seen, but uh, yeah. our, our our friend Susan Burke uh, wrote a movie called called Smashed that's exactly yeah. about that about a couple who are uh, uh, a married couple who are alcoholics together, and she gets sober and he does not. Yeah,
0: and and there's a, there's a few things like that. I mean, uh, the, a, a Star is Born. Um, yeah, M- multiple uh,
1: versions of the Star. Yeah,
0: like that's that's a big part of it, and. It's not necessarily that that the that the the female lead um is she's not really necessarily a drunk but i think that that's i think that like drinking and having fun is is sort of an early foundation of their relationship uh and then one character and then the 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 i think his last name is is always maine right right yeah um Cause I know, I know it's not Jackson. Uh, that's the, that's the, the recent film, but, um, but I think it's, is it
1: like Norman? Oh yeah. Mrs. Norman Maine. Is that, I don't remember. it says at the end. I don't recall, but, uh, yeah, I can, I should know.
0: But I think that's, you know, and I guess a lot of, some of these do have to do have to do with like romances uh, or, or something like that. And there's often a tragic element to it as well. Um, The hustler is a movie where our main character uh, I'm not sure if I'd say he's an alcoholic, but he's probably on his way to being one. Um, And, but the, 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 the girl that he falls in love with, she definitely is. And that there's, there's all kinds of like self-destructive behavior there. Um, and then similarly, uh, years later, uh, Paul Newman would play an alcoholic in the verdict and there's a, there's an element of romance there, uh, as well, that for any number of reasons goes, goes wrong. But, uh, I, there's a lot that I love about the verdict, but from the standpoint of alcoholism, which again, I have no basis. I have no personal, uh, basis for comparison, but as far as movies go, the verdict seems to be the one that like really, really tries to show you sort of the what it looks like to try to be functional, which is like, oh, I have a meeting. Uh, I'm gonna put these eye drops in, and I'm just gonna kind of get ready, and just like right. so that I'm not giving any indication of um, of what I do and who I am. Um, but yeah, and their 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 relationship goes south for a few reasons, but one of them is just the the impact. That his alcoholism has had on the way he looks at relationships and the way he looks at the future the way he looks at himself of course um so yeah the 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 relational aspect and the idea of one person having a problem and the other does not i think that's that's probably a big part of it as well
1: you know um you mentioned the the hustler and also the idea of like with a star is born careers going into different different ways yeah uh it reminded me of a movie that's not a romance uh, at all um uh that i had forgotten to put on my list but um john houston's fat city mm, uh, which i haven't in, seen and which was uh stacy keach and jeff bridges this is 1970 1972 so this is a young jeff bridges um are both boxers and their careers are going in opposite directions and stacy is keach's character is i guess dealing with it by being very drunk all of the time uh and fat city is a really good movie full of great performances and and very memorable touches but it is not something i'm eager eager to revisit it is a very bleak movie uh uh, about about alcoholism let me ask Um, you this
0: speaking of jeff bridges um i know he smokes a lot of uh, a lot of weed in the big lebowski but he's also drinking a lot uh would you say that the
1: that the dude is an alcoholic i i don't think of him as one but maybe by the james bond rule maybe that sure. it, <laughs> yeah. it is like we never uh, seen him drinking water i'll say that <laughs> you know yeah yeah maybe it is i mean we've talked about like the idea of being functional like you know it doesn't all have to be like rock bottom all the time if alcohol yeah. is a crutch then you're an alcoholic and, and maybe that's yeah. that's how a james bond or a uh jeffrey the dude lebowski uh, uh operates um, i didn't put it on my list um what i did want to talk about is the idea of there are a lot of movies in which a per- the character's alcoholism seems to be it's not because alcoholism itself is a disease, mm-hmm. but oftentimes in movies, the alcoholism is framed as a response to something or a symptom of something Absolutely. else that's, yeah. that, that, that's going on. Um, uh, if, if you think about, um, uh, there's a, there's a lot of them on here. Uh, but one of my favorite movies about an alcoholic is, um, John Cassavetes opening night, sure, which you could watch the movie just on its face and say okay she sees this at the very beginning of the movie it's she's a uh, famous it's um uh gina rollins right plays Mm -hmm. a famous stage actress who is like mobbed by fans and she signs an autograph and then the fan she signs an autograph it's been years but gets hit by a car and killed right in front of like right after talking to her or something, something like that um and then we see her drinking a lot and So there is a superficial way of saying like, this is her coping with the trauma of what she, you know, she's got some sort of post-traumatic stress, but I feel like there is the suggestion that, drinking to cope is not new to this character when i watch that movie yeah it's you know there's there's a line that i always liked
0: from uh uhf of all things where uh the weird al character george is like he goes i need a drink and then the other character says you don't drink he goes yeah but i've been meaning to start and so yeah it seems unlikely that the jenna Rollins character decides to start
1: drinking after that moment uh yeah <laughs> um uh and i'm trying to think of others uh where where a lot of these it seems like like whatever happened to baby jane it's like oh she's sure. her career's down the toilet and so she's uh it's and so she's drinking you know it's not uh uh, uh i think it's not always go ahead oh no it's fine uh i i'm just saying in in real life it's not always that easy there's not always like an a to b like oh this person uh needs to fix this problem with their life and then they'll stop depending on alcohol so much like right. alcohol dependency is a problem in and of itself it's one of the things you know uh, a movie that i don't particularly like but it's the the the
0: follow-up to unbroken um which to me it's like i always thought the the unbroken story i mean it's such a it's so harrowing on its own, but it very much is about this guy who, actually, because of his PTSD, very extreme PTSD, does develop uh, a drinking problem after he's safe, uh, and then like he has to try and deal with the the emotional ramifications of what what has happened to him in the war. But then the alcoholism persists. And it's like, oh, shoot. So, like, this is still around. Uh, and so I feel like that's, it, it's not handled. Partic- it's not a particularly well made film, uh, which is why the first unbroken frustrated me. It's like, if, if they had tackled this other aspect at this level of quality, because I think the acting is really good. I think it's really well shot. Uh, the first unbroken, um, that, uh, it, that's the name of it, right? I'm broken. The one yeah, by yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I'm trying to think of, uh, like, I think that the character Patrick in Manchester by the sea, I'm pretty sure he's probably an alcoholic or at least has a drinking problem before what happens happens. And from then on, it's like, okay, this is this thing. That no reason to helping. fix it
1: now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then I'm trying to think, uh, everything else with, with one exception. Um, everything else is kind of this, this uh, movie about characters trying to get better.
1: Um, okay. So, well, I've got, oh, go I, let's, let's save that. Cause I'll, I'm going to run down a few where okay. people are not trying to get better to get better um well there's the very recent movie another round uh that's the danish movie by thomas vinterberg which is about a group of high school teachers who decide to try and stay a little bit drunk all the time and it doesn't go very well but also the movie doesn't entirely uh, the thing that's so fascinating about another round is that it really gets what is fun about drinking to excess sometimes Mm -hmm. you know it it gets that 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 looseness the the confidence and 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 the sort of things um that i think um are sometimes i think rightfully missing from movies about alcoholism because uh yeah um once you get to a certain point maybe that's not even what you're chasing anymore you're just uh, uh addicted but there's uh something to be said for sort of like how I don't think train spotting is a movie that glamorizes heroin use, but it's also a movie that recognizes that people start using heroin because heroin feels fucking great. I guess Uh, I wouldn't, that one I wouldn't know. (laughs) Thank God. I don't know anything about heroin. Um, But uh, so uh, another round is a, is a fascinating uh, recent movie. Let me run down some others where people aren't, uh, aren't trying to get better. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and the master sure um sure. and then uh well did you see the spectacular now i didn't i as i was researching this it popped up on a few lists and uh but i uh, i didn't see it because that that's a movie i don't think that movie's i think the movie has so there's some things that soured me on it but uh what's really fascinating is that the movie almost understands that miles teller Taylor, miles teller's planning on getting better anytime soon and so the focus almost becomes like we just got to get shailene woodley away from him <laughs> like, yeah. uh, uh he's a danger to himself and others and she's the closest other and uh that that becomes the but it's a it's a uh, fascinatingly sad portrait of uh alcoholism starting at I mean, he's still a high school student in that movie mm-hmm. um and you know we normally in movies we see grizzled old drunks at the end of the of, yeah. of the line you know the idea my little seller being like and it's one of those things like in high school and into college people tend to you know kids when they first start drinking tend to indulge a lot anyway um so it's maybe kind of ignored that someone who's a 16 17 year old could already have uh, a serious drinking problem yeah i i know somebody who whose
0: son um would just like start drinking uh at like like he would get home at from school at like mm-hmm. age 16 and would like go up to his room grab the bottle that he had hidden and started drinking wow. and he would and that would happen every day wow. and so
1: it was just like oh this is like that is full-on alcoholic behavior yeah. um um, a couple more to run down here, uh, where characters don't seem to be trying to get better. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Sure, um, with Nail and I. I yeah, I uh, would agree. Yeah. And speaking of British comedies, I think one of the rare recent comedic movies to also take alcoholism seriously is The World's End, which I kind of teased when we Yo, when this topic came up a couple episodes ago. Um, uh, uh, I think that's a uh, a great like there's a lot of character work being done there with Simon Pegg's character. Um, I think that's, I think that's a career best performance for him too. I think
0: he's adding, he's, he's layering on a lot of stuff there,
1: but it's also still like fun. He's still funny a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And then the other one that I, uh, I almost didn't put on here at first. And then I, like my wife and I were talking about this list. Um, I feel like I mention Natalie all the time on the podcast now. But look, that's I spent all day, oh, yeah. every day with her. That's uh, who I'm talking to about these things. So, um, uh, yeah, no apologies. I, I like talking to my wife. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, and I was like, I don't know if I'd consider sideways a movie about an alcoholic. Like, this is a connoisseurship for him. This is something he's into. And my my wife was like, yeah, but it's he's clearly got other things going on and uh some of the some of his behavior and some of the way he you know when he goes to um the like big corporate winery and just dumps the spit bucket (laughs) in his mouth like that's yeah very gross and and not the behavior of someone who's just in it for the pure love of uh, uh you know a pure onophile and there there comes a moment where like it i think it's the
0: first um like the first dinner that he and Thomas Hayden church had with Sandro and Virginia Madsen and Thomas Hayden church specifically says, he's like, Hey, don't go to the bad place. And then you see him starting to do that. You see like a montage and it's a wonderful performance by Paul Giamatti. You see a progression and it's not a, and it's, it's a very specific progression in his physical demeanor in like the way his eyes are moving. And it's like, Oh, he's getting drunker. And his friend knows that that is a very real possibility. And when when your friend like knows enough about you to say, "Hey, be careful not to do this." That's yeah. that's probably an indication that you at least have a problem. And I think yeah. Miles absolutely
1: does. I also I'm reminded just now you were talking about the the with the verdict like the picture of someone like planning things around their alcoholism and stuff. And like when, when Miles is like, uh, I planned it. So we'll start here. And so the more we drink through the day, the closer we get to the hotel. Like, so he's already starting his day planning to, uh, to get too drunk to operate a vehicle. (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah. So I have a few of characters that I think are not, even, even if there's a self-hating aspect to them, uh, they don't seem to either acknowledge they have a problem want to do the hard work to get better. Um, or they may just not know how, and, uh, then it's over. One is, is a true story Pollock about Jackson Pollock, uh, played by Ed Harris. Um, of course, if you were to talk about any number of, of uh true stories about artists you know whether it be Hemingway or Bukowski or something like that you'll probably find all kinds of uh movie drunks um the movie Trees Lounge uh which is uh directed by Steve Buscemi and I I mean I still don't know why we're hosting a show together since you haven't seen it I haven't seen it that is an old joke yeah um but uh and then I do think the character Johnny from naked um, I, he drinks okay, a yeah. lot, right? Yeah. I, I think of him as a drunk. Um, I don't think that's, I think that's one aspect of his general unpleasantness. Uh, I think he'd probably be kind of a monster either way, but it certainly isn't helping. And uh, I do think, and I do think he hates himself as well. Um, but he just doesn't seem to see the,
1: the need to get better. Yeah. Um... I'm surprised you i'm not sure how you would characterize this character but i'm surprised you didn't mention affliction yet uh so that's i'm i'm characterizing it with this other thing that like
0: he definitely i think the nick nolte character i think he sees the way his dad drank Mm -hmm. and recognizes that he needs to not be that and then fall and then falls into it due to a series of just disappointments and that sort of thing. And he probably has a bit of a drinking problem himself, but by the time you get to the end of the movie, I think the the cycle has come back around and he is now this thing, even though he's, I think he's actively been trying not to be like his dad. So I I incorporated into characters that are trying not to do this thing or trying to get better, whether it's in themselves or as a response to a family member or something like that.
1: Uh, all right. Should we get into some more uh, stories of characters at least trying to better themselves or recognize yes, they have a? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, well, I will start. Um, it's at the top of my list because of uh, you put the numbers before uh, right. A. <laughs> so twenty eight days. Uh, Betty Thomas's twenty eight days, which is the movie, is named after yeah. the stint that Sandra Bullock's character spends in uh, in rehab.
0: I remember, I mean, yes, like she meets all these zany characters and that sort of thing. But I always thought it was kind of uh, kind of gutsy for somebody like a Sandra Bullock to to play that character um, at that phase in her career. This idea of like uh, a young, upbeat, you know, America's sweetheart girl next door, Sandra Bullock, Mm -hmm. having a, a very legitimate drinking problem and and going to admittedly kind of a zany rehab um but uh complete with alan tudyk i believe uh doing a weird accent german accent yeah yeah. um but i remember i remember thinking her performance was pretty good it's not necessarily the grittiest uh, alcoholism
1: movie but uh no i mean it's you know from the director of the Brady bunch movie uh who was it it was a bit of a departure for betty thomas uh too i mean i guess she'd gotten a lot of um uh uh what's what i'm looking for um i've got like uh, quarantine brain i can't think of words right now wow. uh, um uh, no the opposite like uh applause. yeah no uh, i feel like there's a word i'm looking for that i can't uh land on but for uh she'd made um private parts which is a oh sure um a movie that is very funny but also uh, i think was a very well-respected movie and uh, i'm trying to think if she made anything between private it was 28 days her her follow-up to private parts now i have to look this up um oh no she made the dr doolittle movie in between boy oh yeah, boy yeah, yeah, Murphy, one, not, the, yeah, yeah. not the recent obviously um one with the uh, with iron man I, my brain is not working uh robert Tony jr rex harrison <laughs> yeah that's right um uh, all right so um other movies about people trying to better themselves i guess crazy heart crazy heart and uh, obviously crazy, crazy heart slash
0: tender mercies, Um, you know, very similar um, uh, story concept, which is like this country singer who clearly has a drinking problem. One thing that I really like about the way it's depicted in, in crazy heart though, is like, it's not a guy who's abusive. It's not like this Pattern of neglect. It's it's this very real kind of thing, which is he makes. There's a moment where he makes it. He's watching a kid like in a mall, and he makes the decision to have a drink, and then he has I think one or two more. And before you know it, the kid is gone, and he has to try and find. You know, and it's not like he it's it's not like he's just like ah he'll be fine. Another round, please. You know, it's nothing like that. Uh, he immediately recognizes something's wrong, and it's this idea that like his alcoholism like he, he hasn't started drinking yet, but like, it just, it just, uh, it just sort of hampers the way that he functions, even when he's not drinking, like, right. oh, there's the yeah. opportunity to drink. Why would I, why would I not take advantage of that? It's like, well, because you're currently looking after a child in a mall. That's why. <laughs> um, and so I remember that, that moment's like, that looks, that, again and this is not i have i have no base for comparison but like that looks about right to me like just making a little decision thinking what's the worst that could happen you know and uh and then thankfully nothing happens to the kid but it's this idea that something easily could have and that's yeah. uh and that is that is uh a, a, a bit of a catalyst for his his relationship with Maggie Gyllenhaal to kind of go sour and for him to recognize yeah okay I think I probably need a problem uh, I have a problem and I need help um and then Tender Mercies I think when the movie starts I think the Robert Duvall character is pretty much at rock bottom and is making the decision to to get better
1: my my reaction to that scene in Crazy Heart at the time was what what is this weird mall bar like is this, is it a restaurant attached to the mall that has a bar or like a-? that's how I that's how I read it yeah okay
0: um, so, uh, another movie that nobody knows about, it was one of, you know, I was in, uh, I was in high school and I was just renting everything that looked even mildly good. Uh, the movie drunks okay. from uh, 1995 directed by Peter Cohn, um, starring, uh, let's see here. It's, it's really just, I think it's based on a play. Um, okay. Yeah. By Gary Lennon, who adapts his own work. And it's just a series of monologues, uh, at like an AA meeting. Okay. L- look at this cast, Richard Lewis, Sam Rockwell, Amanda Plummer, Kevin Corrigan, Parker Posey, Diane Wiest, Faye Dunaway, uh, Callista Flockhart. And I know that, uh, uh, is now his Spalding gray Spalding gray. Um, wow. Is in
1: it as well. It's I gotta see
0: that. Yeah. So it's like these different, Is these different, Faye Dunaway, monologues. by the way,
1: also from Barfly. She's yes, the, that's she's right. The, uh, the rich alcoholic <laughs> um yeah so she's obviously got some experience playing drunks and i've actually never seen barfly i know i need to but um, I, you know you're a fan of barbara schroeder the director i
0: am i am uh but like richard lewis plays the main character and so the, actually uh he he's in a meeting and then he actually he i forget if it's you know the the uh anniversary of some terrible thing but he leaves the meeting and just goes on a crazy bender and richard lewis who is very very public about his struggles with alcoholism and it's a wonderful performance by him like in the in the meeting and out of the meeting and it's really impressive what he's able to do you don't think of him as like you know you see him on on uh, Kirby enthusiasm and he's delightful. Uh, but here, like he has to really kind of plumb the depths a little bit. And I think he does a great job with it. Um, the director, Peter Cohn is actually a, a documentarian. Um, hmm. but his first film, I believe is drunks. And, uh, so if you want to see like really good actors deliver pretty good, uh, like pretty solid monologues, really it's, it's,
1: it's, worth checking out. Um, you reminded me of a this is, uh, Not just alcohol, also drugs, but the recent uh, Tommaso, um, the the recent horror movie, um, Willem Dafoe plays a character who's in recovery, and there are multiple scenes that take place at, like, AA and NA meetings, and it's the rare movie about someone who's sober that doesn't include a fall off the wagon. That seems like... Hmm. um, there's a lot of times it seems like when you're watching a movie or a TV show where a character's like, oh, I've been sober for however long. I'm already knowing, like, okay, at some point, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just happened like... Um, Natalie and I are watching uh, Catastrophe, the Amazon, series, sure. which is great. Um, Rob Delaney and Sharon Morgan are fantastic. The rest of the cast is fantastic. I really like the show, but yeah, it starts with like the first scene. He's like, "Oh, I haven't had a drink in years since yeah. this," and then uh, yeah, they they waited until the beginning of season three, but uh, they did eventually do then uh, off an off the wagon arc, of course. Che- uh, Chekhov's beer, yeah, exactly. uh, so to speak.
0: Um, so the last one that I have is uh for a long time it was just one movie but now it's another uh and that is the shining Uh, that was the last one on my list too followed by uh dr sleep
1: uh yeah Um, and that's an interesting because that's someone who obviously knows he has a problem has has addressed the problem and i guess technically doesn't have a drink the entire movie but i I don't know how we want to like hard to say if but if when they find his frozen corpse in the maze at the end, we're talking about the movie mm-hmm. version here. Um, if they drew blood from that corpse, would it actually test? Would he have a blood alcohol yeah. content in that in that blood or not? I feel like no, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how things work in this this crazy backwards hotel. <laughs> exactly that's how i would describe it um
0: yeah uh and then dr sleep is is a is a very good movie um i I don't necessarily love it but it is very good and i really appreciate what ewan mcgregor is doing because he does play a grown-up danny torrance who himself you know has you know he's had to deal with the trauma of living the life that he of his childhood and the father that he had uh and then also having the shining and trying to figure out what to do about it and so he falls into alcoholism himself and then uh seeks help and and all that and realizes that as we were talking about before uh first he needs to deal with his alcoholism and then there are these other problems as well um but the two are obviously intertwined and it's not as though it's not a clear cause and effect situation and uh and i think there's a certain so much so much of the movies that we're talking about can be boiled down to the writing yes and 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 the directing but i mean they're usually built around very specific kind of performances and i think there need there's always in some of the better ones there's a certain cautiousness to what to the way the characters are whether they are drunk now or they are on their way or they want to be but they're not like there's always like i remember the uh in the shining, uh, mini-series, uh, which is good, not great, but I remember some, I like, I like some of the, uh, some of the writing. Um, and so when Jack Torrance played by Steven Weber, you know, he's being interviewed by, uh, like the care, the manager of the hotel played by Elliot Gould and, and he know and Elliot Gould knows that this guy is a former alcoholic. And he says, he says, I'll be honest. He goes, I, I, I didn't want you I didn't want you to have this job of being caretaker. Like, you know, uh, an alcoholic needs to be careful not to get too close to the edge. And the overlook is full of edges. And that idea that careful of like, okay, what could set me off um, hmm. is something that, uh, that you see in a lot of these uh, in these movies. And, and I think that you see a lot of that in Ewan McGregor's performance in Dr. Sleep, a movie that has, uh, I saw earlier this year and uh, and it has stayed with me i actually like it quite a bit
1: um there's one i put on my list just because it's not a huge part of the movie but um when we talked about a few with like uh, uh smashed and can you forgive me but there's stories about alcoholics or at least movies about alcoholics tend to be about men about men more often <laughs> than not but there are some good women uh, uh movies out there um one that i'd kind of forgotten about but jennifer connelly in house of sand and fog um, oh yeah is an alcoholic but then one uh even more recent um is um young adult uh which um, i didn't which i didn't see Oh, it's uh, it's it's really good. Um, other than that, the only ones I have left are... We can't forget that uh, Ted Stryker in Airplane has a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he sure does. Um, and another one that I didn't mention because this isn't the main character by any stretch, but yeah. uh, Titus Welver and Gone Baby Gone. Oh, yeah. Um, who, like, hasn't had a drink in however many years yeah. and he's dealing with the fact that his... Is it his wife's sister like it's been a while since i've seen it but i don't remember the exact but, um, relationship but yeah but uh what's her name uh amy ryan's character right is yeah his wife's sister or something but, but basically like he's she's obviously got all kinds of substance abuse problems yeah. and he's trying to like do what he thinks is right for her child and also trying to stay sober and he maybe i don't want to give too many there's twists and turns and gone maybe gone i know the movie's 13 years old now but uh if you've uh, I don't want to give stuff away, but he makes a decision he thinks is the right decision that maybe w- wasn't. And uh, yeah. he does. We do see him take a drink. We don't, because he's not the main, the main character, we don't then see the like does he fall all the way off the wagon for, for yeah. a period of time? Does he go back to a meeting that night? We don't, we don't know, but uh, it is that the, the, the movie is so great and is so full because every character is a character, you know, it's not, Boy, yeah, uh, the, there's no, um, the, there's no quick sketches of characters. Um, yeah. You know, even a character like Titus Welver, who could have, could have been just there to move the plot along. Cause he does have a part in the, in the plot. Um. Uh, you know, has a whole backstory. You know, something
0: that occurred to me you, when you mentioned Titus Welliver. Of course, I first think of of Deadwood, which then got me thinking of westerns, and the, not unlike film noir, obviously, alcohol does play a pretty big part in westerns in one some way, shape, or form. And so, I know that there's the the character in uh, Stagecoach, who's like the sort of the a character that's maybe a little bit cliche now, which is like the the drunk doctor who, at the last minute minute, needs to like pull you know pull through and sober up and do that um but also obviously unforgiven is a is a big one um where the character uh talks about how he was when he was doing the terrible things that he did he was drunk most of the time and i don't think it's a a thing where he puts it down to i was drunk so i did this so much as is like i was doing these things and this made it this maybe not mine so much Which which then enabled me to keep doing it and uh, and maybe
1: numbed some of my own uh, some of uh, my own morality or whatever. Um, Uh, Speaking of Westerns, I don't know if this character is supposed to be a drunk, but maybe my favorite like drunk type scene in a Western is the intro to Henry Fonda's character in the Oxbow incident. He and uh, and uh, Colonel Potter, what is his name? Uh, Harry Morgan. Uh, oh, yeah. they pull into town, up the horses, they go into the saloon. He very quickly in, in a row orders and, and drinks three shots of whiskey, picks a fight with another person in the bar, gets punched in the stomach, vomits and says, Oh hell, now I got to start over. <laughs> yeah. And I, and in a way, like, that's the thing is once you, once you start dealing
0: with like genre stuff, like film noir, like, uh, maybe even horror, um, and, and Westerns, you might like, Alcoholism is like a genre trope. Mm that's where you pr- you might start getting it uh yeah they're not taking it super seriously anymore
1: yeah um, like just, something like just, that you just reminded me of but another genre that uh a neo noir a, a recent ish noir um last five or so years that does take it seriously is a walk among the tombstones where Neeson's uh, yes, character so. is a is a recovering alcoholic uh who doesn't as far as i remember does not fall off the wagon in the movie but we do get flashbacks right. to the Uh, his drunkenness before he. And that's also a very careful performance
0: because he's in the midst of a high stress situation. He's very, he's very aware of how he would normally deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and it's just a very like anybody watching that expecting like the taken Liam Neeson, I think would, uh, would be maybe disappointed because this is a character who regrets having to do this and regrets all kinds of things uh, in his life.
1: Yeah. That's Um, not a
0: bad movie. It's not, it's not great, but I do like it a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, it does have like his, his friendship with the, you know, young, the, the urban yeah. youth or whatever is a really corny like trope. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff in that movie. All right. Well, was there anything else on your list? No, no, I'm all, I'm all out. And,
0: uh, I, I only just mentioned the ones that like I thought of, and I'm sure that we're missing some big ones. So obviously listeners in the comments, feel free to weigh in with uh, some really great movie drunks. There are all kinds of TV drunks. You, you're welcome to throw that in as well.
1: Yeah. We mentioned uh, Bojack Horseman, which is one of the best uh, shows about alcoholism and a number of other things. Yeah. And, and
0: I've been watching, um, this is us and the, the character Jack, um, played by Milo Ventimiglia is, uh, revealed to be like a a full on alcoholic. Like Hmm. it seems as though he's he has a drinking problem. Then there comes a moment where like, essentially like he and his wife have, have not necessarily split and not, it's not even really a separation. They're just like spending a few days uh, away from each other because he got drunk and like beat somebody up. And so then she comes and and delivers sort of this trademark big monologue uh, to him about like, Hey, you know, I want you at home and all that sort of thing. And he pauses and he's like, I'm drunk right now and he's like i've been drunk for the last several days and he's like i have a problem and i need to deal with this and it's a it's like that's a that's a nice moment that like she's giving this big like you know hey we're gonna figure this out and then he reveals like th- it's a deeper problem than either of us thought and uh, it's a nice moment and it kind of plays with uh, kind of plays with how the the these big dramatic melodramatic mm. monologues yeah what they did in the first season and stuff so so that's one i'm i'm eager to see where we go uh i say where we go i mean the show's they're on their fifth season now so i'm just way behind but i'm interested to see where it goes
1: i didn't know this was on its fifth season yeah uh well uh props to uh sterling k brown because he's from st louis and so he's oh, uh, yeah. more important to me than other actors <laughs> sure not every <laughs> other actor
0: there are a few but they do have one thing in common
1: well, uh, you can find us at BattleshipPretension.com. You can email us at David at or Tyler at You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Uh God, this week I reviewed... Hold on. Can I remember... You think I remember off the top of my head the seven movie reviews? Eight if you count The Midnight Sky, but that came out on the 23rd. Sure. But I, I reviewed seven movies that came out on Christmas. Can I remember them all? I no. don't know. I Hold on. Dear Comrades, Night of the Kings... Wonder Woman, 1984, The Truffle Hunters, Soul, and two others. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what they were, but uh, uh, I reviewed all, uh, all of those movies at Battleshippretension.com. Go and check them out. You can email, uh, or sorry, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug this week? Yeah. Over more than one lesson. Um, I've started the the
0: show up again. I'll be, you know, I'm not exactly sure how often episodes will come out, but uh, the most recent episode is a Christmas related episode in which I talk about a Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, And then I, uh, there'll be uh, coming up uh it's not there yet but coming up uh I'll, I'll be doing an episode about blow the man down um which people are so eager to hear me talk about uh before i went before i like went off the air to like you know i did my paternity leave or whatever um i did like an episode about uh words on bathroom walls and infidel and it's just like why am I doing this? Nobody cares about these movies,
1: I, but I like right. that because you care and that's going to make I the do. content better. Hopefully. All right. Uh, well, let's keep referring to the things we pour our hearts into as content. <laughs> let's make sure to keep. Yeah. You know what? I, I like to view it as that.
0: content. What do you think of that? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, no, I'm never content. Uh, right. Well, thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.